0: Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. Let me join everyone who has already wished you a happy Independence Day. I know all of us are so grateful and so thankful to live in a nation that, uh, has these ideals of of equality for all and freedom for all. Can we just stop a minute and thank God for our freedoms, our liberties we enjoy as Americans today. We're so grateful. We're so very, very thankful. You know, I believe that patriotism is a, a great idea, especially within the context of a nation that does espouse these ideals of equality for all, freedom for all, and, uh, and so listen, you know, I think, again, when we uh, see a world sometimes pushing back on the idea of patriotism, uh, again, as long as we know that our values are aligned with those that, that God intends for our nation, then I think it's absolutely fitting that we would carry out a biblical form of patriotism. There are those that would argue, well, the founders of our nation Uh, didn't really have everybody in mind when it comes to equality. And I would beg to differ because when I talk about the founder of our nation, I'm not referring to Washington or Jefferson. I believe God founded this nation. I believe this is one nation under God. I believe this was God's idea to raise up a nation, again, that would be a beacon for all the world to espouse these values together. So we thought it would be a really, really Good idea. In the month of July, especially since July is kicking off for us on Sundays, uh, with the 4th of July being on a Sunday, we thought it would be really, really cool uh, to take and kind of unpack our Pledge of Allegiance from a spiritual framework or a spiritual view. Because so many of the things this pledge that many of us grew up reciting, uh, some of us are old enough to remember the days we used to recite it at school every morning as we started our day. Others uh, would recite the pledge at some club meeting or an athletic event. Uh, But um, this pledge uh, has so many ideas that I think fit even better within the framework of faith than they do even the idea of civil liberties. Certainly they apply there. But when you begin to think about what that pledge declares, it certainly fits within uh, the framework of faith. And uh, that's really where I kind of want to lean in with you over the next several weeks. Uh, There are words in that pledge that are so unique, and they're just absolutely packed with such meaning, such significance, that I think sometimes, you know, as we just go along at the sporting event, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty, with justice for all. I think sometimes we kind of just skim over those words and we never really stop to consider what they mean. And that's what I want to do with you over the next four weeks together. And I want to start with this whole word, allegiance. I want you to just stop for just a minute and consider the last time you used that word outside of the pledge. I mean, when's the last time in a conversation that the word allegiance even came up? We don't use it really in everyday conversation and yet, what a remarkable word that it is. Webster defines allegiance this way, loyalty or commitment of a subordinate to a superior are of an individual to a group or cause. Some of the synonyms that we find in Webster's definition for the term allegiance are words like loyalty, faithfulness, fidelity, obedience, adherence, devotion, trustworthiness, steadfastness, dependability, reliability, duty, dedication, commitment. How many recognize those are all Bible words? Those are all words that have great spiritual significance and all of that is wrapped up in that idea of allegiance and yet we hardly ever use that term. Maybe allegiance isn't a word we use much because it's a a thing we're not familiar with. Maybe we're not nearly as familiar with everything allegiance means Uh, so that we might actually be using it in our day-to-day conversations. So let me kick this off this morning by just making, I think, the most important observation that I could about this whole idea of allegiance. That is that only God is worthy of our true allegiance. We uh, pledge our allegiance to a flag that represents our republic. Uh, We pledge our allegiance to the laws that republic has provided us to, to live and to function within. And look, I, I think that's a perfectly fine idea. But even more so, I think that we should give allegiance to the one true God. Can I get a better amen than that? We should give our allegiance to him and to his laws. Listen to Luke chapter 4 verse 8 where Jesus says, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. I think the reason why we don't use the term or the idea of allegiance very much is we don't like the idea of serving. We don't like the idea of of servitude. We don't like the idea of servanthood. And uh, I think that's why this word allegiance doesn't really crop up in our conversation that much because we tend to push back on it. As you study the word, I love language. I've always been so intrigued by language. And if you study the origin of the term allegiance, what you'll see is that it's tied to the idea of a liege. It's tied to the idea of having a liege or a Lord over you, someone you consider master, someone you serve. That's where the whole term comes from. And so here in America, We have, uh, by the grace of God, founded a nation that recognizes we're not to serve one another in in the sense that uh, one has control over another. We are all equal under God. Can I, can I get you to just say thank God for that here today? We, we recognize that all men are created by God and we're created equal by God, but what we can't do in, in, in pushing back on uh, no one person needs to serve another uh, in servitude in the sense that one looks at another as his master, Listen, where we push back on that, you know, within the framework of our humanity, we can't lose sight of the idea that we do have a liege. We can't lose sight of the idea that there is a Lord of heaven and earth, that there is a God who created us all, and we must serve him. Serve the Lord thy God and serve him alone is what we all have to be willing to embrace. We have to wrap our heart around. Joshua put it this way with the children of Israel so long ago. In Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15, he said, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day who you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. Joshua said, but as for me, somebody say, as for me, but as for me and my household, We will serve the Lord. Is there anybody here that's made that decision? As for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. You know, we're uh, in a moment in time where once again, this whole notion or idea of equality is on uh, the the forefront of all of our minds. It's conversation. It's a, a national conversation, really a worldwide conversation that's being had and needs to be had. But as we... Talk about this idea of equality, what it really should look like. How many know we're still working to get there? Amen. I said, amen. amen. And as we're having that conversation and as we're, we're, we're trying to wrap our hearts around what real equality is supposed to look like, let's don't forget that true equality cannot be achieved without the recognition of true supremacy, So even as we're having this conversation where no person or no race or no people's group has supremacy over another, let's not forget that God has supremacy over us all. That he is that supreme being that all of us must align our will with so that we serve the Lord and we serve him alone. We are all equally subject to his supreme being. What are you saying, Jeff? I'm saying he's God, we're not. I think that would do us good to all kind of just go ahead and acknowledge today. Somebody say, he's God. He's God. I'm not. And so I serve him. We serve him. He is supreme. And, and we acknowledge his supremacy and we yield to his supremacy, his mastery over us. We must. So today what I want to do is take the idea of this whole pledge. And I want to, I want to use the word flag. Flag as an acronym for four things that uh, within his supreme being, we must serve, we must align ourselves with, we must pay allegiance to four things. Again, I'll use the term flag just so that it's easy, perhaps through the week and the months to come that you can recall this message and the ideas that we present it to you. So if we're going to put our hand over our heart, and if we're going to pledge allegiance to a flag, let me just kind of get you to consider on spiritual terms what that flag really might represent. The things that, again, require our allegiance before Almighty God. The first letter in the word flag is the letter F, and today it's going to stand for faith. We need to pledge allegiance to faith, to faith in God. Here's what Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verse 22. He said, have faith in God. Look at me. I wonder if you do. I wonder if you have faith in God. I wonder if you've placed your faith in God. And I wonder, are you living out that faith day to day, even at a time like the time we're in, where things are s- grown so turbulent around us, you know, with all the unrest that's around us, with all the question marks that we have about government and governance, with all the questions that we have about uh, culture and, 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 and everything going on within our fallen world, today, it would be so easy to allow the enemy to shake our faith. It would be so easy to allow the enemy to get us to begin to question our faith in God. Question who God is and what God is capable of. And today I'm calling on us as believers, as followers of Jesus. I'm calling on us to pledge our allegiance to a faith in God that will not waver. A faith in God that refuses to be moved. A faith in God that isn't subject to all the commentators and what they've got to say about the world. But that we're going to keep our faith in the one true God that has never failed us yet and he never will. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you today, we need to have allegiance to faith in God. We need to, as the old saying goes, we need to believe our beliefs and we need to doubt our doubts. There are all kinds of doubts being raised in our minds today. And I just want to challenge you to doubt those doubts. There is a very real enemy. That Jesus said comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. He is wanting to rob us of everything that is sacred to us. And we need to doubt the doubts he's raising up in our minds. We need to put doubt on all of that. And we need to keep our faith in God. Keep our faith in the things that we believe. The things that the Bible teaches. We don't need to let anyone question that. Or cause us to waver in our belief of that. Let's believe our beliefs. Let's doubt our doubts. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says, without faith it's impossible to please god because anyone who comes to god must believe that he is that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him god said we have not because we ask not and Listen, if we're not earnestly seeking him, then we're not asking him for those things that we need. Many times that's because we've allowed the enemy to rob us of the faith that we once had in God. We're living in all of this perpetual doubt. And I'm challenging us all today. Doubt those doubts and believe those beliefs. Believe the things you believe. Believe them with all your heart. Pledge your allegiance to that belief, to that faith. Can I go ahead and remind you what we believe today? The old Apostles Creed put it this way. I believe in God the Father. Anybody with me? Maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his son, our Lord. Who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. Come on, I believe that today. He ascended into heaven. He sits on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. He shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins. Somebody ought to be praising God about right now. I believe in the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Do you believe today? Believe those beliefs. Believe those beliefs. No matter what the government tells you, no matter what people say, no matter what All the political pundits want to try to lead you to believe. Look at me. Let's believe what we believe. Let's believe what God's word declares. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says, faith, again, we need to pledge our allegiance to faith today. And faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. What does that mean? You can't have real faith in God if you're not in the word of God. So in other words, an allegiance to faith is going to require an allegiance to God's word. Are you in the Word of God? Can we get our head out of social media and out of news programs 24-7 and get our face in the book? Come on, get our face in God's Word and what it declares. Can we begin to really show allegiance to faith by showing allegiance to the Word of God that provides that faith for us? Hebrews 11 and verse 1 is something else I want to remind you of. As we pledge our allegiance, fresh and anew today, to the idea of faith, let me remind you that Hebrews 11 and 1 said, Now faith is. Now. Somebody say now. Now, now faith is. Here's what i found. i found that it's easier to have faith for something that was, or even easier to have faith for something that will be, than to have faith for what's going on right now. Right now in all my trouble, right now in all my conflict, right now in all of my indecision, look at me, right now in all of my turmoil, I need to have faith in God. You see, you know, most of you know my story. You know that I've not always been a man of faith. You know that there were years in my youth that I spent, as the Bible put it, on riotous living. I, I, I lived in addiction. I lived in rebellion. I lived in sin. But thank God, by His grace, He called me out of that darkness into His marvelous light. He saved me. He forgave me. He redeemed me. He turned my life around. Come on, y'all. He rescued me. I have faith for that. I know I'm not the person that I was. I have faith for what he's done. And you know, by by gifting, by the grace of God, I've always been a dreamer. I've always been a visionary. It's part of what's allowed me to serve in leadership all these years in the body of Christ. I have great faith for what's to come. I can see it so clearly and I can believe God for what's down the road. It's what's going on now sometimes that gives me trouble. I'm not the only one in this room. Y'all looking at me. Like I'm the only one that ever has trouble with the now. Now faith is. Now. Right in the midst of it all. As the bills come piling up. Come on. As the prognosis is given. As the marriage seems to be falling apart. Now faith is. I'm calling us today to an allegiance to a now kind of faith. Where we refuse to allow the enemy to cause us to doubt if God said it, I can believe it. He's not man that he can lie. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it will prosper in the thing that I've sent it forth to accomplish, says the Lord. I put my faith in it. I pledge my allegiance to that kind of faith. The second letter and the word flag is the letter L, and today it's going to stand for love. We need to pledge our allegiance to love. Look at me. There's never been an hour in the history of mankind where love is more needed than now. We need to begin to love and to love as Jesus loved. He said, as I have loved you, love one another. Come on, get get a picture in your mind right now of him hanging on that cross. And let me quote his words again. As I have loved you, love one another. All of this turmoil, all of this dissension, all of this anger, how do we meet with that as followers of Jesus? Look at me. We meet with it with love. We meet with it with absolute love, unconditional love. We love people. We love God and we love one another. First John chapter four, verse seven, dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Now we need to love. We need to pledge a new allegiance today to loving God and loving people. Let me say it needs to be a Christ-like love. And I want to unpack that with you just a little bit here to say that love and acceptance are not one and the same. Our world wants us to believe that, but this is a fallen world, a broken world, a sinful world, at least not at me. Would you at least not at me if you know it's true? So we can't take our cues from the world that demands that love always means acceptance. No, it doesn't, no it doesn't. God is love and yet there's a place of eternal torment called hell. What does that mean? It means that even though God loves me unconditionally, he won't necessarily live with me unconditionally. So we have to love as God loves, and that means that I don't necessarily accept everything you say, accept everything you do, accept everything that you stand for. I can love you without aligning myself with your sin. I I need a better amen here today. Listen, what what are you saying, Pastor? Pastor? God loved me all those years ago that I was describing that life that I lived. God loved me just like I was in that moment, but He loved me too much to leave me that way. He didn't leave me in my addiction. He didn't leave me, leave me in my rebellion, my sin. No, no, no. He led me out of that. He loved me enough to lead me out of that. And that's what God's love looks like. I have a grandson that I'm telling you. I don't, there's no human on the face of the earth that Donna and I love more than that little grandbaby boy. Zeke is our pride and our joy. He spends the night with us every Thursday night. And then my day off is Friday, and we have him all day. We're so blessed. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Eli. (laughs) And we love him. When he wakes up at our house, you know, for months and months and months now that he's been spending the night with us every Thursday night, when he wakes up, the first thing we do is change his diaper because he wakes up with a dirty diaper. I don't love him any less because his diaper is dirty. But I'm not going to leave him that way. In fact, how cruel would it be for me to leave him that way? How cruel would it be for me to leave him in that filth all day long? I won't do it. Look at me. And God won't do it. Oh, I'm so glad God changed me. I'm so glad God cleaned me up. Come on, y'all. I'm so glad that God loved me too much to leave me the way that he was that I was. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 defines love for us. It's not even left up for us to figure out what it's going to look like. Listen, we need to pledge our allegiance to love today. And here's how God describes that love. Love is patient. How you doing so far? (laughs) Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. somebody want to check your Twitter account? (laughs) It keeps no account of wrongs. Love takes no pleasure in evil, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. God is asking us to pledge our allegiance to an unfailing love that is patient, with one another, that is kind towards one another, that's never rude or self-seeking. That's the kind of love that God wants us to pledge our allegiance to. Can I give you the synonyms one more time for the idea of allegiance? It's loyalty. Be loyal to that kind of love. It's faithfulness. Be faithful to that kind of love. Look, it is adherence. Adhere to that kind of love. It's dependability and reliability. It's our duty, our dedication. God wants us to pledge our allegiance to that kind of love. The third letter in the word flag is the letter A. Today it's gonna stand for accountability. Once again, a word that doesn't crop up a whole lot in in conversation. Perhaps because We don't have the appreciation for it that we should. But God is asking us for as his people, as followers of Jesus, to have a new allegiance to the biblical idea of accountability. You cannot read the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament alike. You cannot read the Bible without an obvious understanding that God expects us to be answerable. In the creed, the Apostles' Creed that I quoted from the first century earlier, it says that he's coming to judge the quick and the dead. He's coming to judge. We're going to answer to God. Are you hearing me online? We're going to answer to God. We're going to stand and we're going to be accountable to God. Now, I've always believed that if I will be accountable here and now, with you, if I'll be accountable with my brother, my sister in Christ now, when I'm ultimately accountable to God in that setting where he judges the quick and the dead, listen, I'll be able to stand with him on that day and be welcomed into an eternity with him. But if I don't get accountable for things here and now, the likelihood of that is just not very great. So, we need to be accountable. Here's the way the Bible puts it James chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. Confess your sins to each other, pray for each other that you may be healed. So much of the dysfunction in our life, so much of the unhealthy stuff that's going on in our families is simply because we have no allegiance. To accountability. Nobody knows the secrets of our heart. Listen, everybody doesn't need to know your business, but somebody does. You need to have somebody that you can confess to, that you can share with, someone who's going to pray for you, encourage you, challenge you, and hold you accountable. Like Adam, listen, if you know your Bible, if you know that story there in the beginning in the book of Genesis, you know what Adam did. He did what we so often do. He donned fig leaves and hid from God. And today we have our own fig leaves that we hide behind, thinking that in some way we can hide our sin, who we really are, from an all-seeing God, from an all-knowing God. How many know that's not gonna work? Now, how do we do this? How do we don these fig leaves and hide from God? By hiding from one another, By not doing what the Bible says, acting responsibly to be answerable to someone in the here and in the now. There's a great story of a pastor that was out on visitation one day, comes to a man's house that he hadn't seen in church in a while, and he knocked on his door. Nobody came to the door. He could tell someone was home, but nobody came to the door. He stood there for minutes, knocking, ringing the doorbell. No one showed up. So he took his card, and he wrote on the back of his card a scripture. He wrote Revelation 3.20. And then he left and once he left, the man of the home came outside, found the pastor's card, looked up the verse. It says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. (laughs) The next Sunday, when they passed the offering bucket, the pastor found his card in that offering container later. And right beside the reference he had written down, the man had written down his own reference. Genesis chapter three, verse 10. When the pastor looked it up later, it said, I was naked and I hid. That's what's going on with so many of us on spiritual terms. We're trying to hide our shame from one another when in fact, confessing to one another is the secret to our healing. It's the secret to our recovery. It's the secret to our victory. Hebrews 13 verse 17 says, obey your leaders, submit to them. They watch on behalf of your souls as those who will give account that they may do this with joy and not with groaning for that would be unprofitable for you. So the profitable thing to do is to find that person, that, that leader in our life that we can be honest with, that we can be accountable to, so that God can bring the kind of nurturing and healing into our life that he longs to bring into our, our life, our existence. I believe that true accountability, and again, I'm calling us to a new allegiance to this idea of accountability, and I believe that true accountability is gonna require allegiance because our fallen nature is ruthlessly independent. Isn't it? We celebrate independence today and where it's fitting that we would celebrate our independence from any other nation's tyranny over us, the idea of independence is not a very spiritual idea. Listen, God absolutely wants us to depend on him and the truth is in some ways we all depend on one another and that's a God thing. God never wanted you to be an island unto yourself. A little over 18 months ago because of the pandemic, government regulations separated us all and this fallen propensity to want independence from others begin to settle in so much so that now months after things have reopened we're still 35 40 percent of our church missing on in-person services on Sunday morning why because we have a fallen nature that longs for fallen independence from one another God said don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together with believers and he said even much more as you see the end approaching. If you don't see the end approaching right now, you're not paying attention. In the very moment where we've never needed one another more, the enemy's trying to keep us apart. You better get back to church. You better get back into your small group. You better get back into your Christian community. You better reconnect with some believers that are gonna be iron sharpening iron within your life, holding you accountable, keeping you encouraged. Come on. I pledge my allegiance today. I pledge my allegiance to a faith that trusts God no matter what. Amen. Amen. I pledge my allegiance to love as God has defined love. I pledge my allegiance to accountability. And number four, I'll wrap this up. I pledge my allegiance to that last letter in the word flag. The letter G today is going to stand for the gospel. I pledge my allegiance to the gospel. I pledge my allegiance. Jeff, what is the gospel? It's the good news. It's what the word gospel means. It means good news. What is that good news? For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus came, the Son of God, took on human form. He died on a cross for my sins and for your sins. On the third day, he rose again, conquering death, hell, and the grave. And through faith in Jesus, our sins can be forgiven. We can be made right with God. We can have a brand new life in the here and now, and eternal life in the life to come. That is the good news. That is the gospel. And I pledge my allegiance to that today. Mark 16, 15, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Look at me. He wasn't just talking to Jeff Abels. He was talking to every follower of Christ. We all are to go into the world and preach the gospel. And it is the primary reason you're here. Can I just... On the day we're celebrating our liberties as Americans, remind you that before you're an American, you're a member of the kingdom of heaven. In fact, you don't even belong to this world. You're an alien. You're like E.T. Come on, y'all. You don't even belong here anymore. This is not your home. Our home is with God. Can I get a better amen? We are going to be sucked up off this planet at some point to spend eternity with him in the place we belong. Do you still believe what the Bible teaches? Do you still have faith for the soon return of Jesus Christ? Now look, and yet we're here. And yet we're here. Primarily here to be light in this darkness. Primarily here to share the good news with others so they can come out of this darkness into the marvelous light of his love and redemption as you have. And yet, most of us have no allegiance to the gospel. If I were to ask everyone in this room who shared the gospel with someone over the last seven days to stand, I think we'd be shocked. We're not doing it. We're not sharing the gospel. Today I'm calling you to remember why you're here. Look. I hope you have a, a great job and you enjoy it and God expects you to earn a living. I, listen, all of that's wonderful. I hope you have great hobbies. I think recreation is God's idea. He wants us rested. He wants us He wants us enjoying life. But I'm telling you, none of those things None of those things even come close to the importance of you being light in the darkness. Like Ngozi shared last Sunday. It's so important that we pledge allegiance today. I'm going to share my faith, God. I'm going to let people know there's good news. I'm going to lead my friends. I'm going to lead my neighbors, my coworkers, into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because God, that's why I'm here That's why you've left me here until you come. Romans 10 verse 14 still says, how can they call on him? He's talking about your neighbors, your coworkers. How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? You are that someone. I am that someone that must pledge Allegiance to the gospel, allegiance to the reason we're all still here, allegiance to leading those we have influence with out of the darkness of this world into the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I close with this? Faith, love, accountability, and the gospel. That's our flag that's our flag. That's what should be waving in our lives above any other flag. Come on y'all above any other flag. That's what should be waving. That's what should be standing in our lives. Faith, love, accountability, the gospel. And can I just say that faith, love, accountability and the gospel deserve more than just a pledge. It's got to be more than words. It's got to be more than lip service. It's got to be what we live, how we move, how we have our being. Matthew 7, verse 21, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. What is the will of our Father? Faith, love, accountability, Sharing the gospel, it's the will of our Father. And we must pledge our allegiance to it once again. One more reminder of those synonyms. We must be loyal to this flag. Faithful. We must show fidelity to it. Obedience and, in, and adherence is a must in every one of our lives. We must give our devotion. We must be trustworthy, steadfast, dependable, reliable. It's our duty, our dedication, and our commitment to have faith, to love, to be accountable, and to share the gospel. Will you pledge your allegiance today? And will you make it more than a pledge? Will will you make it the life that you live, starting now until he comes?